1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Kriobasa Kings Sports Extravaganza. Uh, Polish Rifle Scott Wisniewski alongside Jake Kokorowski. and it's been a couple weeks. There's a lot going on. Normally, this time of the year, there's a lot of Packers, and there's a little bit of Badgers, and the Brewers are thinking about next year. This year, there's a lot of Packers, there's a lot of Badgers, and the Brewers are vying for a postseason spot, and really, for all intents and purposes, look like they're going to and if nothing else, a wild card game and a one and done sort of uh, scenario. We'll get into that in a minute. But before we do, Jake, um, how are things with you? I know you've been very, very busy. There's a lot going on, but uh, how, how are things kind of shaking down for you?
0: Yeah, it's going well, man. It's good doing the show again, and it's just yeah, it's been nuts, really, just uh, with life and and then covering the the Badgers. And I'll be going down to Iowa this weekend and. Uh, just traveling that way. Uh, also trying to get some recruiting in while I can as well. But other than that, man, just trying to keep up with everything you got right now. It's my favorite time of the year right now. You're you're towards I mean, college football is in full swing. The NFL is in full swing. Baseball now with the Brewers. It's wrapping up. The postseason's about ready to begin uh, in what, 10 days, uh, 10 games or whatnot. I think I think it's nine games, or whatnot brewers have left. So nine, yeah, yeah, nine. And so, I mean, this is the best time of the year, man. You have some pennant races going to be coming up. You have, you know, depending on what Wisconsin does against Iowa, if their chances in the Big Ten West still continue, we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the Packers, granted, they got robbed of a win, and but though they could have won it other ways, uh, we'll talk about that as as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll get into the we'll get into all the scenarios that weren't just because of the Clay Matthews. Uh, Penalty, which, by the way, was a silly call, but uh, we'll get into that. Obviously, we I want to talk to you about the Badgers and, and where they legitimately stand after that upset. But let's do something we don't usually do in September. Let's lead off with the Brewers.
0: Yeah, um, of course. Absolutely. And
1: as, as you, you mentioned, you know, they're three games up on St. Louis for the last wild card. Um, but essentially, they're two and a half behind the Cubs. So... With nine games to go, and you look at how the schedule shakes down, the Cubs play three with the White Sox. Really, the only shot the Brewers have is to continue to win and all the way through the St. Louis series, and then hope St. Louis needs to beat the Cubs to get into the postseason for their because that's the last series the Cubs have this year is against St. Louis. But you, the right. Brewers can't control that, right? What the Brewers can control is trying to win as many games as we can. And once again, We see this team have big offensive funks. So, uh, yesterday, for example, uh, the offense broke out. Monday, their offense was good. Tuesday, not so good. And and they just one of the things that's been interesting about the Brewers this year is when they've struggled, it hasn't been because of the starting pitching and. Obviously, everybody who, who knows or thinks they know anything about baseball thought that was going to be the Achilles' heel, the starting pitching. And, yes, they still could have improved it, but this they've gotten so much out of this staff, uh, surprisingly so, right? And a bullpen has been a year, but when they've struggled, it's because they've gone into offensive function. You wouldn't think that when you look at the way this team is constructed. So, anyway, now you got to look at, you know, so far in September – Ryan Braun has struggled. I think he's a little hurt. Um, Shaw has struggled. Mustakas has struggled. And now Lorenzo Cain is injured. So you still worry a little bit. You know, you're going into Pittsburgh, which this year they've already lost 11 games to the Pirates, right? And then you've got to go into St. Louis before you finish at home at Detroit. So if you want to get that wildcard spot and host the game, if you can't win the division, you need to keep winning. If you want to win the division, you really got to win five of the next six. I, to me if you want to have a shot to win the division right um in order to do that they're going to have to score runs,
0: right no I agree and it's a I mean you know we talked about it right before we started recording you know Lorenzo came with the intercoastal injury you know, he sat last yesterday it didn't hurt the offense with a seven0 win against the Reds but we'll see how much that impacts him going forward you mentioned braun potentially it you want your're obviously uh, our friend Kurt Hoag uh, from uh, now who works for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is a big low Kane MVP candidate based off of just what he does, both on the bases at the, you know, at the plate. And then also in the outfield and some of those amazing catches he's made throughout this season. Uh, it's it, you want you want Kane in there and you just wonder how long that intercostal injury will last. And, and you know, you go up against worst time, worst time for that to
1: happen, because right. those things could last weeks. Right could i'm not saying this one will if this would have happened august 15th man maybe not such a big deal Ugh, boy I, I mean i don't mind having him sit the next nine games but you need him absolutely need him to be ready to go when it comes to postseason
0: baseball, right? And you know, you see what actually against the Pirates, not the best record. It used to be the other way around. I remember a few years back, where the Brewers had the Pirates' number. Lately, it's been the, the vice versa. So it, especially with that, you know, the uh, Walkies won what eight of nine series, and the one series that uh, that they didn't was last weekend against the Pirates at home. So, uh, and and so we'll see how that goes. I mean, this team's playing well. I mean, the, the fact that you win eight out of nine games, eight out of nine series, I should say. Is is a It's a big, you know, it's big and and they've gotten themselves solidified uh, in good standing. Granted, you know, there's still nine games to play and a lot can change uh, and you don't want to see a slide. But I agree with you. I mean, you have the next six games starting and you know, we're recording on Thursday night, starting Friday. You're looking at. Uh, you know, against divisional opponents, and you know, especially the big ones on, on Monday, where uh, you know, with the Cardinals, uh, and, and that's going to be a huge series that that could ultimately determine who plays the home wild card game. Uh, probably will, and then you got to see if you know what happens with with the Cubs and, and I mean the biggest thing, and i maybe I'll steal this from what Paul Christ always says for the Badgers, you control what you can control. And if they win uh, that's, that's what they can do. They can, that's how they can control it. Now you need Chicago to lose, uh, you know what, there are three, three back in the loss column, the Brewers are. So you need at least three games there and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, the best they can do is go out there and, and just control what they can control, and let the cards fall where they may. But uh, this team already is what twenty one games over five hundred, and that's or twenty yeah twenty one games over five hundred, and they're they're playing well right now, and that's that's what you want to see out of this team and playing well in the you know heading into potential postseason play. Yeah, absolutely.
1: The only thing now you you ask yourself is you try to figure out. And you'll, it'll be more clear once you get through the weekend series and you'll kind of see what your magic number is. But if you've gotten to the point where... T- two things I'd like to have happen. I'd like to have them have clinched um, their postseason berth. And, it, and if you get into that last series against Detroit and you know you can't catch the Cubs, but you've already clinched your wildcard berth, I'd love to see them rest that bullpen all weekend next week. Play it like a spring training game sort of feel, right? Um, but before that they've got to set up the rotation sometime probably starting with the St. Louis series, because if you're going to have a one game series, you have to first determine who you want to pitch that all or nothing game, right? Um, Do you want it to be Ulysse Chachin? Do you want it to be Gio Gonzalez? Do you want it to be Anderson, right? You got to figure that out. And then you have to set the rotation up. So that's the player that would be eligible to pitch the wild card. You see what I mean? So, that, that'll be a little bit of the, the the change because if they keep it, the way the rotation's set up now, Jachin would pitch either the last game at St. Louis or the first game against Detroit, which would make him not able to pitch what would be the wild card game. We'll let them figure all that out. That, that's what they right. get paid to do as as managers and pitching coaches. So that's the only other piece of it. The other side of it, I mean, there's not a ton of compelling races anymore um, the East in the National League looks like it's the Braves are pulled away. The West is still compelling, and there's still some. And the Wild Card's compelling because whoever doesn't win in the West will be right in there with St. Louis trying to get that last Wild Card spot. Right um, in the American League, the Astros and and the Indians and the Red Sox are going to win their division, and the Yankees and the A's are going to be the Wild Card. Team. And there's really no, I mean, trying to figure out who's going to host and best record, but. It's not as compelling in the AL. The National League was compelling for a while because there were a lot of teams bunched up, but Arizona started to fall, Philly's starting to fall, and it's starting to shake down to uh, essentially across baseball, 11 teams competing for uh, 10 spots.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a huge. I mean, look at the East. It's, I mean, uh, you feel bad for like what the Tampa Bay Rays and the Seattle Mariners who have good records, right, and, and would be competing otherwise, uh, potentially. Let's say in the National League, right, where it's uh, like. I mean, well, maybe, maybe. I mean, here's the thing:
1: people have to forget, for, remember though, because you look at the record and you go, "Oh, hey, that's," good. but there's a lot of really there's there's a, a lot of look like elite right? teams in the American League, right. There's a lot of bottom feeders. Baltimore's 100, it's going to be a 110 lost team, right? Everybody in the Central, other than Cleveland, has been terrible, right? So there's a lot of teams that you can get some wins against in the AL. You know, when it, whereas I felt like the National League, I mean, for a while the Giants were right around 500, uh, Pittsburgh's over 500. So there's a lot of teams that are more competitive, I think, in the NL, uh, top to bottom, where in the AL, once you get beyond those first seven, there, it gets pretty woeful after yeah, that. Yeah.
0: So now it'll be, um, we'll, we'll see what happens in in Pittsburgh and uh and whatnot going forward from Milwaukee starting tomorrow night six oh five p.m. Eastern to, Central time. Uh, first pitch and, uh, I mean, in, in your opinion, I mean, like, you know, make some predictions and over the next, you know, what we'll probably do this next Thursday. Uh, they'll play six. They'll play yeah. six games and then have an off day before heading into uh, Friday, the series finale against Detroit at home. What are your predictions and where do you think Milwaukee will be?
1: I I mean, I I think they're going to finish three and three on this road trip, but what I'd like to see them do is uh, go four and two on the road trip and win six of your last nine, you're going to clinch the the playoff. You're going to clinch the home wildcard berth if you do that, right? I just don't think they can catch the Cubs because of the Cubs schedule. Now, if the Brewers win three against Pittsburgh, which, again, they got to do it first, even though on paper I think the Brewers are the better team, they haven't played well against Pittsburgh. Right, right. But if you swap them and the Cubs, the Cubs find a way to, say, lose a game um, against the White Sox, and now it's a one-and-a-half game, well, it's a different story, right? But I still think that, you know, play six and three down the stretch, and – uh you know, get into the postseason and hope that you can, because if you have to play St. Louis in a one-game series, Lu, I mean, St. Louis is better than they They've been so good since Matheny left, and and they had been underachieving before that, and clearly there were some clubhouse issues. And sometimes people downplay that stuff, but as it turns out, I mean, there's some validity to that, you know, and and I think that's that's kind of proven itself out.
0: Absolutely, I mean, in St. Louis is also forty-four and thirty-four away from you know away from home. Uh, I mean, they they have a better road record than they do a home record. So, uh, it, you know, if they face Milwaukee at, at Miller Park, it's not. I mean, I I feel that I could see Milwaukee just empty out their bullpen the entire time with Sedano and Canabel and Jeffress and Hader that's and, exactly and Soria, right.
1: and that's why that's why right, that's why you want to clinch something going into that Detroit series, you really got to rest those guys. Because, yeah, it could be three innings for your starting pitcher and then let's just see what happens, right? Because then you'll get an off day after that and then you start the, right. the, the 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 divisional series, right? But at least everybody can have a day to rest. So, yeah, it will definitely have that feel. But that's why, you know, get this thing over with and clinch so you can let Woodruff pitch five innings on Saturday, right? Or uh, whoever, uh, Guerra, let Guerra get – Four innings of relief on Friday, whatever, right? I mean, guys who aren't being utilized in in, in those roles, Peralta, right? Let them pitch uh, when you, you when you so you don't have to put high leverage innings on Hater and on Sardinio and you know, let Jennings pitch if it's a blowout one way or the other. Let um, some of these other guys who have struggled, Barnes and whatnot, you know. But use let your best bullpen guys rest and just use them. Judiciously in that wild card game. I mean, that's the way. That's the way baseball's become. You may not like it. I don't necessarily love everything that baseball's evolved into, but that's the way the game's evolved. That's the way you have to approach this now that you have that one and done possibility with the wild card.
0: Yeah, you do wish one. of the, uh, You do wish that they'll change the wild card to make it a three game series. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, a one game playoff is just it's. It, it, well, to me, it's a disservice. But
1: they can't, but they can't Jake you, you got to understand listen i get it that baseball's not made to be a one and done but it's not fair to everybody else to have to sit for four games because some the other thing about baseball is there's still momentum right so you win your division and you're rewarded by sitting around for four days I'd you, you, I'd, I'd you know a rest
0: though i mean think about the more rest and, on that part hitters
1: but... don't want the rest, but hitters don't want to rest you know you could rest your bullpen but starters don't want to rest either you the ball and pitching every five days every six days max right so what if you're a starter on the cubs let's say and you have a four or five day gap and now it's nine days between pitching right and i know we like to say innings and you got to save innings but guys who are used to pitching every five days you hear it all the time well we lost a little bit on our cutter our slider didn't slide as much we had too much rest i still believe that even though pundits and and what you would think is common sense would be like oh you really want that rest you really don't in some cases and you you could completely cool off uh, i i mean listen the other option was to not have the the fifth playoff team but i think it adds a little bit to it it adds this extra layer of strategy right it adds this extra layer of races i mean if you're oakland right now and this is six seven years ago and there's only one wild card you're going to win 95 games and miss the playoffs so Would you rather at least get the one game play in or miss it completely? You see what, like, I mean, you can't please everybody. Like, there's no perfect system. But I think it's kind of neat, and I think it makes you have to win your – it makes winning your division that much more special, right? Because if you win your division, you know that you're going to play a best of five no matter what. You know that you don't have to worry about dinking around with the wild card and dinking around with your rotation. And figuring out what you're going to do, you get to watch it all unfold in front of you, and then you can figure out what you're going to do with whoever wins those wild card games. And that's the, the 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 ying and the yang. That's the trade off. We'll give you this this fifth playoff spot, but we're going to change the rules, much like the shootouts in hockey or whatever, right? We're going to change it up just a little bit to make it more important to win your division. And I think there's also something to be said that for a while, wildcard teams were able to just um, you know, win World Series and, and get hot. And this at least makes you, makes taxable, makes them have to use their best starter first, right? So then they start the divisional series having to start their number two guy. Or, you know, I mean, there are benefits now to, even more benefits to winning your division. Where in the past, there weren't. Before the fifth playoff team, you won your division, you were right into a best of five series. And you didn't. You didn't get an advantage other than home field, which as you've seen by talking about Colorado and St. Louis, who have better road records than home records, is that really an advantage anymore anyway. You, you see what I mean? So Yeah, um, I can see what you um, mean. But anyway, I, I digress. I agree that baseball is not meant to be played in sports, but then like, I guess the argument is win your division then, and then you don't have to worry about that. And really the only people – who have the biggest problem with it is the teams that lose the one and done, you know, teams that win it are just fine with it. I mean, but the teams that lose it have to go, Oh man, if we only had a three game series, well, like I said, win your division then you don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we go on the Packers, anything else for baseball that really popped up is, I mean, Christian Yelich second cycle in, a, you know, a few weeks. Yeah, He's, and, and he he's
1: some- amazing. And it's him or Baez for the MVP. And, you know, Baez is buoyed by a bigger market and probably a division win, but it takes nothing away from what Yelich did. And And I made a prediction, a bold statement. Maybe it's not that bold. But when he's all done here in Milwaukee, I believe Christian Yelich will be a top three brewer of all time. Um, you know, I think. I exactly don't think that's right. bold I mean, at I'm, all. I think that's good. I mean, I've liked him before. I, I mean, if you ask anybody who, who – because I talk baseball 24-7 sometimes. But I've been a Yelich guy – Last four years. And then I never dreamed of him being a brewer, mind you. But no, it's he's he's that good.
0: Uh going on to Green Bay Packers now. Uh obviously, not much talk about playoffs yet, though, uh, but they are one, zero, and one. Uh Mm -hmm. a tie, a rare tie. Uh second, you know, twice in two weeks we've seen ties during NFL games. The first one, obviously. The Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh it's, Steelers it's funny how many people
1: now you can talk about the rules of ties all you want and it's okay like you can say it should be still be 15 minutes you can say that the the first team to score a field goal or if you score a field goal in the first possession the other team gets the ball you don't have to like that rule we can talk about that all day what I thought was funny is how many people on social media lost their mind because they didn't realize there were still ties in football like, uh, <laughs> I, it, it's, it's been a thing all the time. Yes, they did change the rules in the last couple of years to go from 15 minutes to 10. And maybe if there were five extra minutes in the last two weeks in those games, maybe they wouldn't have ended in a tie. But, right, right, and, you know, but again, just like we talked about winning your division, here's how you avoid ties. Win in, win in regulation. Here's how you yep. ties. ties. Yep. Um, I mean... Don't- don't get crazy. You know, Mr. Conservative Mike McCarthy, he gets blasted for being conservative. And then the one time you want him to be conservative, he's throwing a ball with two minutes left in the game and not forcing Minnesota to use their timeout. So uh, maybe that hurt them. Obviously, King going down hurt them. Ironically funny, because last year you would have thought Kevin King was, you know, public enemy number one because his last name wasn't Watt and he wound up a Packer. Um and now all of a sudden we can't stop anybody without him. Kind of funny how the worm turns sometimes. Um Right. You know, and the officiating was bad across the board for both teams, but I'm going to tell you the, the two officiating calls that cost the Packers the win, and it wasn't that not neither one of them was the Clay Matthews hit.
0: Uh let me guess the one was the Lane Taylor hold on no. the
1: touchdown to Graham? No, no. Uh but that was a bad one too. There were two on the same one was a call and one was a non call on the same drive, I should say. Jimmy Graham not getting the pass interference call on that, oh, on, yeah. the, on the pass down the sideline. And then later in the same drive, the pass interference call on Devontae Adams for simply touching the guy with an extended arm. Um, yep. And that ended up costing them seven points. Uh, And I think they ended up with three instead of seven, four, you do the math, they win in regulation. So I think those were more egregious calls because they were right out in the open, right? Um, And yes, the Clay Matthews call was crazy. We'll talk about that in a second because it's a bigger issue than just whether or not. Yeah, but it's a bigger issue than whether or not it costs the Packers the game. Uh, But those two calls. Either one of them changes the, the game. Because Graham could have maybe kept going if he does if he catches that ball because he had a step on. You know, he, he's strong enough to be able to have broken free and kept going, right? And Adams, right. of course, if you don't call the push-off. So those were it was terrible. Now, that said, uh, we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers' injury in a minute. Let's talk about the hit though. And I understand what football is trying to do more than most. Because there are still Neanderthalic people out there who basically could give two uh, two craps about whether or not these players can walk again or think again or have CTE. And they'll say stupid stuff like, well, they know what they're getting into when they signed up for this sport. Grow up. All right. Go watch UFC and shut up. Now. That said. There's still football. Football's still football. There's still contact in football. And. As ridiculous as this notion is going to sound, it's not as tongue-in-cheek as it should be. Then don't let then put a red jersey on a quarterback and they don't get touched because you're asking people who have been trained to tackle everyone else on the field—running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, returners. Now you have to, but you have to tackle the quarterback differently. That's not fair to anybody who's playing defense in in any level of football. That, that coupled with the fact that um, if you one of the interesting plays in that game, you can see how it's already affecting players and and their thought process. Mike Daniels had a clear sack. He had a pull off of it because he saw yep. Kirk Cousins' arm move forward and thought the ball was gone and didn't want to get called for a penalty. So yeah. now you're putting guys who I mean, think about it on defense. You're not. Most of the time, your job isn't to think, it's to react. And you're putting guys who, for their entire careers from Pop Warner all the way here, were told to react. And now you're trying to make them make choices in 2.1 seconds or less. How about 0.4 seconds? So it's completely unfair to do that of the roster of an NFL football team to make them have to go, oh, wait, am I hitting them too? Am I driving them? Am I not? Look. Late hits, I get it. Roughing the passer against the Bears, that was a bad hit by Clay Matthews. And I don't care what anybody says and says, well, football's gotten soft. that was a stupid hit. It was it was careless. It was bad, and it deserved to be called. Sundays didn't. And the fact that the league is going to use that footage and to as a teaching tool on how to officiate that call really makes me scratch my head about what is going on. I thought that what would happen is much like it was maybe 15 years ago. It might've been 20. It might've been who knows, but when baseball decided they were going to crack down on boss.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I you have know, guys were, like I, Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton and other quarterbacks like that. Like, I mean, you get what happens with, with Mike Daniels on that, on that one play right, where he right, didn't and, tackle Kirk cousins. You and, know, and, and and he completes a pass there. And just, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Like how, do, how do they expect it? And the, like the lift rule. What? Okay. Well, he's got to lift up his arm, you know, lift up the leg. And that's a, you're driving through. Well, that's what you're supposed so to do on a tackle. Is, that's a tackle. It
1: is. And so to finish my point, when baseball was calling all those blocks about a month into the season, the, 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 league and the umpires got together and said, okay, let's get a better handle on this. And that's, and they stopped. I thought that after a couple weeks, the league would look at this and go, okay, we're over-officiating this. We should probably change the interpretation. But then again, we're asking the NFL to do that when they still, for the last 10 years, still can't tell you what a catch is now. So maybe we're expecting too much from the NFL, right? Because they can't, for years and years and years, what, what was and wasn't a catch was never a question, right? All of a sudden, it's a question. Right. For years and years and years, a tackle was a tackle. Now, all of a sudden, it's a question. And then people wonder why there is people upset at the NFL. It's not just because of the protests, and I don't even want to get into that. It's because as a fan, you want to be able to understand what you're watching. Am I watching a legal tackle or aren't I? Am I watching a catch or aren't I? What am I watching? I feel like watching football now is like watching the season finale of season two of Westworld. What just happened? It, who's the robot i i, I
0: don't I, i'm, I'm oh, okay i don't watch that show so yeah i was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't watch that show but I, should, I, I know we're getting you should, at. But uh, you're
1: going to be confused by the season finale of season two but not i i, I don't want to digress too much
0: uh but no it is a yeah it, it's just one of those things where this the rule in play, and, and like I said, like you look at, I don't know how you're, what you're gonna do against bigger quarterbacks. I just don't like your button, Roethlisberger is not gonna go down. Uh, Cam Newton Cam will not go down, not go down, down. unless yeah. you drive a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, no one will. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I feel bad for the defenses. Yeah, you predicted your star quarterbacks, but whatever. It's you, you it, it's to a fault, it's to, I, I don't know what else. To, I don't know what else to say. It's just a bad. I, it's ridiculous, make, and it costs the Packers a, a win because I, I mean it did. On that, well, I will say other calls. You mentioned a couple others. Uh, there are other plays where they should have, you know, Kendrell uh, Bryce, should, you know, should have right, caught right, you right. Know, right. So the, you know, deflected pass why, for, for Adam Thielen it. Crosby's field goal. That's is. why
1: I never lay it on one call because because there are other things. Just like I don't blame. Uh, bostic for not recovering the onside kick against seattle because there's so many other things the packers could have done prior to that right but it certainly was significant but what what football is doing is almost what baseball did and it on it almost hurt them so baseball thought that people wanted to see more offense hitting 50 60 70 home runs okay but then people were like well this is like softball i don't want to watch this anymore now, football thinks, well, we want to protect their quarterbacks and we want to see more offense. And what ends up happening is now it starts to look like Arena
0: League football.
1: And Arena League football isn't as big as the
0: NFL for a reason. There's a good reason for it. Yep. Yep. So now it's going to be, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens and, and what changes down the road, if there are any changes, or if they're just going to be really stubborn and continue with the trend um, on that. But, you know, previewing real quick the, the, pa- oh, go what ahead. What
1: about, well, let, yeah, we'll you But Aaron Rodgers, I, you know, he didn't look great. He didn't look bad. A lot of people were giving him guff. He really probably, if it probably right. shouldn't even be playing. So kudos for him for playing. Um, but you know, the debate on talk radio all around this town is, well, is he ever going to be hundred percent this year? Is this? His... I don't know, man. But you know what? Let's just let things play out. They got two games that are mm-hmm. winnable: Buffalo next week, Washington this week. Washington? So far, you know, I think for the first time in a few years, I can't get a read on about half of the NFL teams yet. Washington's one of them. I don't know how good or how bad they are. They beat Arizona pretty handily, but Arizona looks pretty terrible. Um, And then last week, Washington didn't look so good. Uh, Alex Smith is more of a precision guy. He's, He's averaging only five yards per attempt. He's dumping the ball off to Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson like crazy. Um, The defense is uh, average, slightly above average, but I don't know how good Washington is. What I do know is it's the first road game of the year for the Packers. Packers are a three-point favorite. I don't know how well Aaron Rodgers is going to recover this week, and I just don't know how good Washington is. I'm going to pick the Packers, but I don't really have any good reason one way or the other to defend my case because I just don't have a
0: good enough yeah, that's fair. I think you know the extent of how the defense, you know, attempts to stop Rodgers and just how accurate he is or isn't, or if he can make his normal Rodgers-like throws. And you didn't see some of that this past week here and there. Like you said, he wasn't like he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. And even Aaron Rodgers, that's terrible, is still better than uh, what's behind him uh, right now, uh, a quarterback, but. I I don't I you know they're having such a t- tough time in Washington to sell tickets. That, I mean, I have a feeling that they are going to be a bunch of Packer fans there. Packers are going to travel well. I mean, it's going to be a huge oh, sure. I think it's going to be 50-50 when it comes to Packers to, to Washington fans because,
1: there's a lot of a lot of East Coast, a lot of Virginia Packers. Oh yeah, a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of lot, lot, lot
0: of, of yeah. Wisconsin folk that moved out out there and uh, I know it's also a tourist time where you can take families out there and, and tour the monuments and then go in and taking a, a Sunday game, a uh, one Eastern time game. So uh, that will be interesting to see. Uh, and, but yeah, I say Packers too. I'm going to say, I'm not. there. They'll win by 10. I think they're going to win 30 to 20 is my prediction there.
1: Yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll stay a little more conservative and say, you know, 27, 23, um, you know, because there's the, the offense won't be it. With Rodgers banged up, they're they're going to be at eighty percent for a while, and the defense will still give up a few big plays. So I think it'll be close. But you know what? Style points don't matter in the NFL. You, not like college, where you can win a game and drop in right. polls. Win the game. Right. Move Speaking on.
0: of that, uh, we got maybe the five more minutes to, before we have to wrap up the show. Wisconsin Badgers now number eighteen in the nation, on uh, the AP poll, number sixteen in the coaches, as they dropped a, an upset. A
1: yeah. what happened? What, what you know what? I was there.
0: I watched the yeah. game. I saw it, but... They got what? punched in the mouth. This is my opinion, right? They got punched in the mouth and they got dazed. Uh, this is a running team that... You know, BYU gave up a decent amount of yards on the ground. Did not do that uh, against... you know Did not against the Packers. Uh, Badgers, I should say. They gave up over 200. But still, uh, Badgers have been ad- averaging around... I think it was heading into the game about 285. Uh, they did not get that. Um, statistically, everything... you Take a look at that. They all gained... BYU two three ninety four to three eleven. Time of possession was in Badgers' favor, um, but what killed them? Uh, I mean, they're. I mean, I was talking to Jason Galloway on on Bucky with podcast uh, live from Beer Rock here in Madison uh, last this week. He he called it out perfectly. There are four big plays that BYU ran that got them all the points. Our four plays you can count to It's it's mm-hmm. two of the squally Canada runs that led to 10 points uh, 2 40 yard plus runs, mm-hmm. 44 yards in the first quarter, 46 in the fourth and the ultimate game deciding drive. You had the trick pass that, w- that Dakota Dixon after the game said it he had he gave the wrong call and then uh, he gave the wrong call. But then he also didn't play. The ball while well. he didn't see the vertical uh, from Maroney Laulu Lalu- uh, patutau the tight end that led the team and was leading the team in receptions for BYU there. But for that 31 yard uh, wide receiver option touchdown pass, but then also Alex Hornybrook's interception. I mean, you know, it's, it's a, a poor throw. You have to throw that to the sideline. I'm looking for, if I'm mistaken, was he going for Ferguson? Uh, but interception there, and that leads to points. And Wisconsin's normal defense in a, in a sudden change effort, normally they're great. Uh, they they allowed uh, plays. And, and, you know, Jim Leonard talked about execution uh, was not there, and it starts with the court. He, he took blame with that you know, wow. saying that it's on the coordinator, and he assumed yeah. that. Though, I mean, I will say, man, those that the BYU game plan great. Uh They should not have won, but the the they found something with that jet sweep motion look, where you know on two of the Canada runs, I mean, they faked that and they caught Badgers out of position in their gaps, and uh, what should what's right. an inside outside zone run turns into a you know forty yard plus game. You have not seen that out of a Wisconsin team, and and I think that's what. Well, Interesting. well, let me tell you the two things
1: that looked familiar to me. And when the Badgers have lost in the last couple of years, two things happen. Hornibrook doesn't play well, and I, I'm not willing to lay this all on him because that's not fair, but he didn't have a good game. And it seems that goes hand in hand with when Hornibrook plays poorly or at least has a bad half or whatever it is, the, the Badgers find ways to miss tackles. Uh, Ohio State comes to mind last year, right? When they got down early, and then he made a game out of it, but missed tackles along with some bad play by Hornibrook. I think we saw a little bit of that, and it was disappointing. So the question is this: and and as much as I was disappointed and and kind of disgusted by the way the Badgers played, what I th- think was interesting is I there's still a scenario for them to make the college football playoff. But here's what happens: tell me if I'm wrong. You have to yes, win out absolutely. Okay? You have to you have to beat Ohio State or Penn State and they have to be a top four or five team at the time you beat them. Okay? It might not help hurt to have them be like ranked number two or number three in the country. Okay? And BYU has to be good. They don't have to be great.
0: They have I think to be eight, eight eight yeah and eight and four, four. Yeah. Seven and six at the absolute least Uh, bowl eligible uh, is, is an absolute must for the Cougars. I agree with you. I, I, you know, it's a long shot right now. Uh, That's us being honest. It is a, I mean, you're looking at the fact that uh, with, with just how everything's set up, you know, they, they, they didn't drop below 20th and right. You know, the rankings don't really matter right now, obviously, but you know, they go in, there's a chance. The thing is, though, this team has, there's no more margin of error. If they would have lost in the Big Ten nope. at some point, uh, I'm not saying Iowa. I mean, yeah. I, I call this uh,
1: Michigan, maybe Michigan or Michigan, Penn State. That
0: That's one thing, but they bad. still go to the West and then they can take on Ohio State. And if they ha- beat either Michigan or Penn State and then beat Ohio State, they can make they can still get into the CFP. There is no more margin of error, in my opinion. You have to win out. Nope. You have to go take care of business in Iowa against a staunch Iowa defense. By the way, that is you know is only given up 25 rushing yards in the past two games they uh 10 of the 12 sacks they have which is second in the big 10 come from a defensive line uh and they have some big guys up front they have two guys that are over six seven in height Uh, and aj Espinenza is a six six, five he has four sacks already on the year and uh, he had two against iowa state now i guess against iowa Now, i will say their offense has not looked great uh nate stanley the menominee wisconsin native only has three touchdown yeah. passes right now, two interceptions. Uh, I'm not sold necessarily on the offense, but it's a night game. You're in Kinnick Stadium. It's the you see what mm-hmm. happened. You saw what happened with Penn State last year when that mm-hmm. took them the last play to get you know when they got upset, uh, you know, to to be not upset, I should say. Uh, you saw what happened uh, during a late afternoon game with Ohio State losing 55-24 and just a blitzkrieg of of craziness there. Uh, so, you know, uh, so yeah. no, uh, my, my opinion, I mean, it's, it, I think they win. I mean, I think it's a swift kick in the pants for them. Well, what we'll, we're going to see how, what kind of fortitude they have, right. like seriously. I
1: mean, this is what, especially with the bye week coming up after the, we're going to see if they, if they're able to leave it all out on the, leave it all out there, leave it all out on the field to use cliches. And we're going to find out.
0: Yeah, no, it's a, uh, you know, I mean, I honestly, I think Wisconsin, uh, my opinion, they that the talent's better than Iowa. In my opinion uh, on both sides of the ball. The big, the big, the key point is the d- defensive lines. If they can, you know, the lines. If Wisconsin can control the offensive line of scrimmage, the rushing game's doing well. Jonathan Taylor could have a big game. If not, they're gonna have Horny Brook, You know, he's gonna be the dependent one. There is enough wide receivers. I think uh, against a younger cent- secondary does not have Josh Jackson. So yeah. I, I think. Wisconsin, I think it's going to be 2017. I could see Iowa, some, you know, some magic happening where they score three straight touchdowns on three straight series and and put the game out of reach early on uh, with Wisconsin's struggling That's... offense. But uh, I think Wisconsin takes. I think it's a, like I said, this is a combination. There's a sense of urgency. Whoever wins this game really is the you know in the lead, and there's a two game lead, including tiebreaker, for the winner of this yeah, game in the yeah. Big Ten West. And if Wisconsin wants these goals. Uh, to make it back to the sea to make it back to be in CFP consideration they have to start this week and and they have to win against Iowa right. so I'm um, you know I, I think they will knowing this program and the resiliency and taking games one game at a time but we'll see we'll see uh, how, how they get up from being knocked down
1: I got one more thing because I don't want to get too badger centric but um Let's talk about life after Alex Hornibrook. And more importantly, I don't know if you saw the hit Graham Mertz took um, to the knee. Yeah, that's pretty um, – yeah, and it
0: was – Not great. Uh, pretty ankle. Dirty. Yeah, pretty was, was it was a knee, or an- knee or ankle. Okay. I think he took like – yeah. Because he, cause he, cause he yeah, took the – he, he ran and then the guy twisted his leg, right? For yeah. And I guess,
1: I guess he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. We'll see. But – it made me wonder because I know ever since he signed he's been getting offers from Ohio State and Michigan before he committed I should say. May I wonder if one of the guy who hit him was a recruit from one of those two schools. Who knows? But um but yeah, it was pretty dirty, pretty cheap. Uh thankfully it looks looks like so far knock on wood that he staved off serious injury, but man, not it was pretty
0: brutal. Yeah, no, I know. It, it was uh, It looks very dirty on tape. You see the the move, the extra move that that backer did, that prep linebacker. So uh, we'll, we'll see what Mertz, uh, how he rebounds. You know, he, he, I think he, from what I heard from reports, he's supposed to be an early enrollee, which would be interesting. Um thing is, uh, I, I really like Jack Cohn, who's a sophomore right now, true sophomore. He made a red shirt because uh, you saw Danny Vandenboom come in uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, I should say, against – uh, New Mexico on that last drive, so maybe they're trying to redshirt Cone, for, so he gets so he maintains that year of eligibility. But I really like Jack Cone in fall camp. I think you know next year may, it will be really interesting where you have Hornybrook Cone. Evanderum, I thought, is looked pretty good as well. Though I, I think Hornybrook and Cone are on a different level. Uh, we'll see what Birds yeah, can uh, do.
1: Yeah, well, we certainly will. I'm I'm waiting for the next Russell Wilson to walk through that door because I still feel and. This isn't me being a hater that until they get an elite quarterback or at least a uh, on a scale of one to five, a four and a half quarterback, they're going to have a hard time winning a national title. And that doesn't take that takes nothing away from Joe Stave or Brook or any of the other guys that have played and had great success with Wisconsin job. But Russell Wilson and I didn't win a title with Russell Wilson, but he was the best quarterback that I've ever seen play for the Badgers. And you need something close to that, I think, if you're going to uh, get into that rarefied era of college football playoff. But maybe I'll be wrong this year, and the Badgers will get there. But I'm looking forward to seeing what what some of these kids that have the the blue chip status at how they end up when they when they get here.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, Wisconsin did miss out on a three star defensive lineman from Springfield, Ohio, and Isaiah Gibson earlier this week yeah, well, on Wednesday. Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah, well, Kentucky, I mean. C- Kentucky, no, Come I on, can They have a good they have a good recruiting class. They know how to recruit down there and uh, down on. there in, in yeah. Lexington, do you, so Do you want to go to Lexington and be the
1: the iron mike sharps of the sec or do you want to win a championship in a big
0: tech oh like, man you're bringing out something like you're okay you're bringing some indie worker terms all right there you go uh wow. nice nice uh on that note folks uh we'll, we'll wrap it up here on the kielbasa king sports extravaganza make sure you guys like us on facebook follow us on twitter at kielbasa kings wi scotty's got his at, at Scott Wiznusk to me at Jake Coco, K O C O B 5 Q. Of course, follow Bucky's fifth quarter at B 5 Q as well. Scott, you got anything else before we take it home, brother? No, no, I'm looking forward to the next week. Absolutely. And hopefully, I'll get down to Milwaukee. We could uh, record this live uh, on, a, on a Wednesday night, potentially. So uh, that we'll be we'll great. That down. And uh, on that note, folks, you guys have a great week. Enjoy. Playoff atmosphere baseball, uh, and and in terms of watching the Brewers enjoy. The Green Bay Packers on a road trip. Enjoy Wisconsin. Despite the loss, enjoy the Badgers going, playing in a huge type of atmosphere. And this seems like, in my opinion, will be a playoff type atmosphere from here on out uh, down in Iowa City and Kinnick. And uh, for all of us here, for the Polish rifle squad, Scott Wisniewski, I'm Jake Kokorowski. Y'all be good. Take care. We'll catch you next week here on the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza.